When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, our world of botanical-style aquariums is evolving super rapidly. We talk about this all the time. Techniques are being refined, ideas are being ex- executed, and really exciting results are becoming pretty commonplace. And we receive a lot of questions about what sort of things get us to where we want to go and what sort of ongoing maintenance we do on our botanical-style aquariums. It's an important topic. And, you know, we have to think about what kind of things, you know, challenges that you face longer term with these tanks. We could probably write many, many blog posts about this topic, and we will. But an initial quick hit today will hopefully sort of jumpstart the discussion in this podcast and maybe answer some questions along the way, or at least a few of them. It'll probably open up more questions. It usually does. <laughs> so as we've talked about before, for the longest time, there seemed to be this perception among the mainstream hobby that blackwater aquariums were these delicate tricky to maintain systems fraught with potential disaster you know this soft water acidic environment which could slip precipitously into some sort of environmental freefall without any warning and then there was a the matter of that dark water not only was the tinted water considered the whole distinction between these types of systems and more quote-unquote conventional systems it was cause for fear misunderstanding and myths as we've talked about before now happily this perception seems to be eroding as a new generation of aquarists, which, hey, that's you guys, has taken the torch and ran with it, taking a slightly different approach and a vastly different attitude and perfecting the techniques required to maintain blackwater botanical-style aquariums for the long term. And the long term is always where my interest lies. Now, as I've said before, the longest I've personally maintained a botanical-style blackwater aquarium has been about five and a half years and the only reason I broke down that aquarium was because of a home remodel that required removal of everything from the space. Otherwise, I would have kept this thing going. In fact, I set it up again shortly after the work was completed. So the reality is, though, I could have kept that thing going indefinitely. As most of your work with these aquariums know, the key to long-term success with them is to go slowly, deploying massive amounts of patience, consistent common-sense husbandry, monitoring of all the environmental parameters, and careful stocking management. Not much really different there than what you need to do to successfully maintain any type of aquarium for the long haul. Yeah, real newsflash there, right? Consistency above almost all else and not taking shortcuts. Now, with the release of Culture, our purple non-sulfur bacteria inoculant, we've received a lot of questions from fellow hobbyists, many of whom were asking about how this product will, wait for it, help them avoid water exchanges because, you know, the bacteria excels at consuming organics. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? No. Have we taught you nothing? Nothing here. Nothing in the planet. No product, no adjective, additive, no adjective, no adjective, no noun, no adverb either. But no additive, no gadget will make up for consistent, thoughtful maintenance practices in your aquarium. And that includes regular water exchanges. Yeah, it does. Although culture is this remarkable product and... Uh, a culture of very hardworking Rhodospomonas palustris, a great bacteria, it won't eliminate the need for regular water exchanges or other maintenance activities in your aquarium. These little bacteria, capable and remarkable as they are, can't do it all alone. They consume organic waste while inhibiting uh, or inhabiting, excuse me, uh, 
you know, moderately illuminated or poorly oxygenated microhabitats like patches of detritus, leaf litter beds, deep substrates, etc., etc. However, they don't eliminate the need for regular water exchanges or other husbandry tasks, period. They're not a miracle elixir or some additive that can do everything. So just get that shit out of your head right now, okay? Seriously, beyond my initial scolding of you for even thinking about stuff like that, I have to implore you to deploy absurd amounts of patience and to employ what I call radical consistency in your maintenance efforts. Radical in the sense that you simply have to become fanatical. Consistency, meaning you do it regularly. Not sometimes or when it feels right, but regularly, like always. Consistent habits create consistent environmental parameters without a doubt. A prime example would be the achievement and maintenance of consistent environmental parameters with regular maintenance procedures like water exchanges, dosing schedules, and lighting photo periods. That's pretty commonplace. We understand that. As you've heard me mention ad nauseum here, natural you know, rivers, lakes, and streams, although subject to seasonal variations and such, are typically remarkably stable physical environments. And fishes and plants, although capable of adapting to surprisingly rapid environmental changes, have really evolved over eons to grow in consistent, more stable conditions. Oh, there's consistency again. In the botanical-influenced, low-alkalinity, low-pH blackwater environment, consistency is really important. Although these tanks are surprisingly easy to manage and run over the long haul, consistency is a huge part of what keeps these specialty systems running healthily and happily for extended periods of time. It wouldn't take too much benign neglect or even a little sloppiness in husbandry to start a march towards increasing nitrate, phosphate, and their associated problems like nuisance algae growth, etc. So consistency, regular maintenance, scheduled water changes, the usual stuff. Nothing magic here. Nothing that a sexy $24 bottle of bacterial culture is going to replace. Nothing that you, as an experienced hobbyist, don't already know, right? Just looking at your tank and its inhabitants enough will tell you if something's amiss. More than one advanced aquarist has only half-jokingly told me that he or she can tell something's amiss in their tanks with simply a smell. Excesses of biological activities do often create conditions that are detectable by scent, so that's not surprising, right? But again, it's much about as much about consistency, consistency in practices and procedures, as it is about hitting those target numbers of pH or nitrate or whatever that everybody likes to bandy about. If you ask a lot of successful aquarists how they achieve this or that, they'll usually point towards a few things like water changes, good food, and adhering to the same practices over and over and over again. Consistency equals stability. Sure, there might be times when you deliberately manipulate the environment fairly rapidly, like a temperature change to stimulate spawning or whatever. But for the most time, most part, the successful aquarist, that's you, plays a consistent game. Most fishes come from environments that vary only slightly during the course of the day and many, you know, only seasonally. So stability is at the heart of best practices for aquarists. So without further beating the shit out of this, which I'm already doing, I think we can successfully make the argument that consistency in all manner of aquarium keeping endeavors can only help your animals. Keeping a stable environment is not only humane, it's playing right into the very strength of our animals. By minimizing the stress of constantly having to adapt to a fluctuating environment, it's definitely going to be beneficial for them in the long run. As one of our local reef hobbyists used to say, stability promotes success, and the acronym SPS, as in SPS corals, was kind of cute and catchy, but it makes sense. Who could argue with that? I'm sure that you can think of tons of ways that consistency in our fish keeping habits can help promote more healthy, stable aquariums. Don't obsess over this stuff, but do give some thought as to the discussion here. Think about consistency and how it applies to your animals and what you do each day to keep a consistent environment in your systems. And don't be fucking lazy. Don't look for magic potions, shortcuts, or hacks, even from us. Good stuff takes time to achieve. It takes work, it takes observation, and it takes effort. Stay observant. 
stay methodical, stay diligent, stay grounded, stay consistent, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Delman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.